Viewer discretion is advised. I used to be complaining about my lunch. Back in my day, we only had a banana. <laughs> now I'm like, here we go. And I went to school there. I'm like, man, my mom wasn't joking about these situations. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Tonight's guest is from Taumaki Makoto Okilani. In fact, he is from South Okilani, uh, from a place called the Promised Land, also known as 274, but better known to us from the hood as the home of the brave or Otara. He is a Kiwi hip hop rapper, uh, artist, and also is also quite entrepreneurial. He also runs his own programs in terms of music therapy, working with our, our youngins, our, our young people. Uh, the man has also dropped an album called Cut From A Different Cloth, uh, but also that you'll recognize him by these uh, by these tracks, like Graduated, uh, The Real, and also No Doubt About It, and also recently Tin City, uh, featuring Sid Diamond as well. And so uh, the man has an amazing story to share. Uh, also a proud son of Samoa. Please put your hands together for David Sotupu, a.k.a. The Movement! Thank you, sir. Love that intro. <laughs> My love Uso. Hey, I know we we're sitting at the back there, um, Uso, and just nostalgic. And all the people that we know uh, grew up in the in the hood. Obviously, uh, we're from Otara as well, so we're Otara boys, the two seven four. And so, Uso, just proud. I think very proud to sum it up. Very proud of the work that you do, uh, the you. songs, the tracks, and and who you represent. But also proud of. Uh, of you, who you are as, 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 a, as a man because there's some some amazing things you've done thus far but I, just just to start us uh, in terms of the conversation before we dive more so into the conversation also cut from a different cloth I know that the album has just kind of dropped uh, but if you can kind of elaborate in terms of what does that what does that mean is it is there some sort of cultural context around it or was it, is the, the the title of the, the album something that's special to you or is it open to interpretation or what is it? What is it? What does it mean for you? And the rationale behind it, also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for that. Also, uh, cut from a different cloth is a very special album. Uh, the meaning behind it is, you know, um, going through the all sorts of trauma and anxieties we go through in the neighborhood, that type of stuff, and how we can get through it, and just, you know, just going through all the emotions as a Polynesian kid, you know, from Otara and. Um, just with all the trials and tribulations that I've been through and still here and actually um, with, with a whole lot of thick skin now, you know, um, with a whole lot of experience, a whole lot of life, um, just with a lot, whole lot of growth. That's what it is. So pretty much that you can hear it within the album, the production, the lyric writing, um, the content as well, the stories that have been told. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it pretty much is. Sure, yeah. Also, because I, I didn't realize also, I didn't realize you were living in Australia for ten years or over ten years now. Yeah, quite some time. So, now. I, th I thought the man, I thought you were still living here, then still in the hood, yeah, or in somewhere in New Zealand. But um, coming back, coming back, obviously you're here for for a bit of a stint. Mm. But coming back home, coming back into the hood, how has it been for you? Is it like I know people come overseas, they come back and they go, oh man, people are still the same, doing the same thing. Has it for you the experience of being back? Has it kind of is it a different vibe? Has it become more positive in terms of being back in Otara? Or is it kind of on the decline? Or is it like people are still the same? What, what, what are your thoughts and what are your views now? I think it's still the home? same. Um, but, you know, we have different issues now compared to what we had to face back then when we were here. You know, like, um, you can obviously see that it's the living experiences is quite insane. So just imagine the anxiety of our people walking around, you know, uh, with rent shooting through the roof, uh, 
MSD not giving you the assistance that you really, really need. Uh, uh, petrol prices, vegetables, everything's just insanely high. And, you know, low pay rates, you know, wages, like jobs, you, where you have to work so hard. Um, and then, yeah, it's just different issues nowadays. Now, you know, uh, we've got to look out for our kids now. You know, uh, social media is upon us. The internet's upon us now. So it's a different type of beast now. So we need to change our approach and we need to find out what's, what's the niche, what we need to do now, you know, because it's different now. That's, yeah, it's it's quite dangerous, you know, but um, Otara is always Otara. They're, they're being forced to be a community, you know. Um, I'm very aware and aligned with my neighborhood, you know, uh, even though I'm over in Australia, I'm, you know, I got I get the scoop on what's going on within the streets, even not what whatever's not on the street as well. So, I'm very aligned with the neighborhood, keeping connected with people. And people think that I'm st- I'm still in the country because that's how active I am. You know, I keep flying back. I'm I'm with the people. I'm on the floor with everybody. You know, everyone holds me up in a high regard. You know, because what I've able to, to do. You know, travel the world, do what I love. And come back to the neighborhood, which is, you know, I always remind them, bro, I'm still you. And I'm like you, bro, you know, don't forget that. I've just been given opportunities to actually travel the world and see outside of Otara. And pretty much I become a pair of eyes for my brothers and sisters that hadn't, that haven't done that. Because I know a lot of my brothers and sisters who, have, who are still stuck within the suburb, you know. So, but I totally understand it, you know. So, yeah, it's, you know. Been a bit of a journey and a half, um, you know, and it's always good to come back to um, to my neighborhood and just see where I can help, you know, where I can put my hand up or where I can assist in some sort, you know. Um, and what I'm trying to do really is to look after our babies. You know, I'd rather have one of our locals look after our babies. So now, you know, I have gay members turn up. Um, but, you know, these are my friends I went to school with. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, I'm like, drop your kids off, you know. I'll look after the they can stay at this workshop for two hours. Go do what you need to be doing, you know. Go and make, you know, do your shopping. Go cook some dinner. I've got them, you know. And they're, they're happy, you know. Yeah, people from the locals, you know, the locals are like, you know, uh, grateful that you're here doing these workshops because it's, uh, you know, I'm revisiting these things with my children. My children are, are enjoying it so much. And I said, it's the engagement style, really. They're hanging out with their uncle or their, their older brother, you know. That's what it is. So I just make it fun, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Otara is Otara. You know, uh, I adapt. Um, I love my neighborhood. You know, it's a very prideful city. I mean, it's such a small place. But remember, that's all we had it was a whole lot of pride. So when you know we're on the rugby field, we represent Otara like you know, like it's our last game, or you know, or do or die. Do or die. <laughs> There's twenty guys there telling, "Are you from Otara?" <laughs> yeah, and it's just me. Yeah, I'm from Otter. Yeah, 20 guys, you might have to, you have to beat me up. But that's what it is. Very prideful, you know, um, for such a small suburb, you know. But um, still, yeah, I still represent it to, the, to this yeah, day to, to now. The death, man, Everywhere man, I go. Man. So everyone knows me. Like, you know, if you see movement, you're either wearing an Otara Scorpions jacket, representing, you know, proud to be from Otter or proud to be Samoan, you know. So, yeah, you know, love my city for what it is, but. I'm there to help out. I'm just yeah. one little pillar where there's people, everyone else needs to be helping out as well. So I'm just showing and proving, you know, just showing it as being the person of an example. Like, yeah. That's what it is. Like, a lot of people are saying, bro, you're doing awesome things. You're doing a lot of stuff for the, the hood. I'm like, 
it just stands out because I'm doing it and no one else is doing it. Like it'll be great if we all jumped on board and this whole, and push this boat. Like it'll be a whole lot easier. But yeah. you know, I can't sit there and complain. I just do it. You know, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Also, you are no doubt about it. Also, you are 100% representing our only Samoa, but also Otara. And so, what do you think is the case in terms of why others probably can like? Spectate or become spectators. Oh man, you're doing awesome work. Also, I love what you're doing for mm. ripping the the hood. And like you were saying, hey, you can do it as well. Mm. What, what, what do you think that's the case for some of our people? Uh, I think the fear of judgment that they think that's weak. But you know, me, I don't really care about what anyone says about me. You know, I let God do all the judging. You know, I just service my neighborhood, you know, it's just like how people go out and yell out Otari Mif or Mangere Mif. It's the same thing. But in a different perspective, you're doing real positive stuff. So I'm having a lot of gangsters, patch members come up to me because you're doing the real gangster stuff. And I said, mm, yeah, I am. Really? Uh, and gotta think about it that way. So, you know, I keep going, you know. And I just want to show those guys. But I know it's the fear of judgment of what other people would say about them. Like if I don't know, it's I find it it should be the easiest thing to do, really. You know what I mean? But I guess trying to be straight and this is a bit of a bit of a mission for others, I guess. But for me, it's I just feel like it's my calling. You know, I'm here to actually try and service as much as I can while I'm alive here. You know what I mean? I want to make an impact that if I leave, decide to leave this place, they will know me as a person who's represented as culture heavy. And Otara represented everywhere, you know, on stage. Um, and just a man of honour and integrity, really. You know, I'm cut from their cloth, or whatever I say, I have to stand on it, you know what I mean? You know, people can lie and say, you know, cover their back, you know, their lies, all they want nowadays, but I'm from that, you know, I have to follow through. Like, you know, if you didn't follow through back in our day, you get mocked and get teased. <laughs> yeah. You get do this, but nah, nah, bro, that's not in my case. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be about my word, so, and that's why they call me the real, you know, yeah. just trying to keep it real as possible. Um, no facades, no. Just yeah, just being that man for the community, just assisting as much as I can. It's awesome, awesome. man. That's that's really awesome, awesome to hear how, you know, because you mentioned before neighborhood trauma, and I know a lot of people have different responses to trauma. Mm. Um, I know people that have gone through stuff, and they avoid like they would die rather than go back to this place where this trauma happened, mm. um, and. It's just really cool to hear you come back. And I'm curious about, like, did you have, like, where does this, come this from? value come from or this heart for giving back to the people or giving back to your community? Where does that come from? Was that something that was role model to you? Did someone inspire you? Or was it just something that's come naturally over time? Um, just being tired, really. I've been through so so many, uh, just been through life. You know, I've, I've had a lot of losses and, you know, just bounce back from them. And, you know, during those moments, being still and uh, recording how I'm feeling at the time and, um, you know, just trying to change it. You know, like, man, I, I shouldn't be feeling like this. What's triggering these events? And and being still. And that's the only way I could actually tap into that. And when I did, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to require to do something else. I want to do something else to actually get me off this. Um, I sort of tap into my triggers. I'm like, man, I can't be around this anymore. So really, it's just analyzing my feelings, um, 
being vocal about it as well, um, putting up boundaries, um, learning to say no, not being a yes man, because I yeah just I just put too much on myself when I become a yes man. So I really look after my well being. It's those things like oh okay, like I could start off in the morning. Uh, you know, um, one of the usos might call me and I just woken up. He might just go a thousand about what's going on, what's triggering him and I'm there listening but sometimes it might be a bit too much and I'll, I'll just tell him I'll say hey Oos I'll call you back and then we're like oh and they'll probably like oh yeah that was a bit too much I'll call them back another 15 minutes alright cool cool so it was quite a lot but uh, you know I'm here I just you know I'm, I'm aware of how I'm feeling as well as much how he is so what I need to do is stop pause and just breathe and alright cool he, he obviously obviously needs my help right now he needs he needs an ear so I try and prep myself and be there for that person and try and listen to understand, not to listen to have an un- uh, to have a you know answer for everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I I did a lot of unpacking, um, and during those moments, you know, while I was still, I needed to look for help, and that's uh, starting with being honest to myself, you know. Uh, understanding what was going on, the issues that are that made me feel that way, um, and um, being in a space where I could talk about it, um, you know. And I started seeing therapy. Once I started seeing therapy, uh, you know, I was a little bit sketchy about it. I didn't want people knowing I was going. But then, once after my first few sessions, I wanted to tell people I was going. So I said, "What are you up to?" I'm like prioritizing. I said, "No, I've got my morning session." He goes, where are you off to? You got to start work soon. I said, no, not my morning sessions. Um, I, I, I go to my psychologist for an hour and I just tap in and I'm like, right, yeah, but you're, you're all good this morning. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm holding myself accountable. So I'm going to go over there and tell her how great my day is as well, you know, and she's like, all right, cool. And I said, because I know I'm doing this for myself as well. So what I've done is just did a whole lot of unpacking, uh, learning me, um, yeah, just all of that stuff. And then I just enjoyed it, eh? You know, I started helping people. I started going on energy searches. People were just curious because of my energy I had around. You know, everyone, I just didn't care about certain things that no longer served me. So they were just curious, like, bro, what are you up to on the weekend, bro? And I said, I'm going to go for a hike. With who? On myself. Hey? <laughs> and I, said, I know, right? I know, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, so where do you go? And I said, sometimes I go to the water. You know, does water make you feel calm? Said, yeah, it makes me feel calm, bro. So why not? And, I, and they're like, yeah, true. I said, yeah. You know, uh, I need to refill my cup. You know, um, I need to be 100% for everybody that's out there as much as I can. So, but yeah, a whole lot of unpacking, just holding myself accountable, learning myself, uh, just listening really and trying to be still as much as possible. Yeah, pretty much. If that answers your question, yeah, no, nah, that's <laughs> awesome, bro. There's so much. Man, like, you're so self-aware about, you know, where you're sitting and where you're at, and I think that can be such a journey in and of itself. Like, yeah. just to actually take time to know about yourself, mm. because you know, there's so much pressure on us to perform and to go chase this, go get that, yep. and provide and all this sort of stuff. But actually, how do we provide for ourselves? Tell when us. do we ever get to sit down and? Ask ourselves, hey, how are you doing? That's right. What do you need today? You're mm. good? 
Actually, no, nah, I'm not all good. Mm. And it's just really cool to hear that your journey through this is, you know, going through therapy, getting help, and that's all mm. good. Going out on your own, that's all good. Because yeah. I think in today's day and age where everything's so interconnected, mm. sometimes we're afraid to be alone when actually that's what we need. That's yeah? what we need. That's exactly mm. it. And, that, and that's another thing, you know, uh, especially in the world of hip-hop. Like, it requires a lot of ego and a lot of, you know, you'll have entourages. So you have the people around you like telling you, you're the man, bro. You know, yeah, you go up there and you rock that stage, you know, rubbing your shoulders, <laughs> massaging, bro, you got this, bro. Like all this, you know, but really um, you need to find that within yourself, by yourself. So, yeah, um, it's just tapping into that, eh? you know, uh, self-worth. I can go in and someone might have a different perception of me and say, bro, that guy is this and this and that. But obviously the guy doesn't know who I am, you know, he doesn't know what I've been through, the pain that I've been through that took me to get through this healing. Um, so it's okay, you know, they're only carrying this perception of me that they probably thought they knew of me, but, um, but you know, that's everyone is required to a, an opinion and, and that's fine, but it's, it's within yourself that you know you're worth. Like, it's all good, you know. They don't know who I am. It's all right. Yeah, maybe that's a, yeah, it's all good. You know, everyone just sees things differently and um, that shouldn't affect you, you know. You should just uh, keep the ball running, you know. It's okay, you know. Either you see them or not, but they're just there just to sort of remind you of where you're at. So it's all good. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You, you mentioned something too that I really, really love um, and it was about that accountability to yourself um, and that not only through the bad times, oh, like not only through the good times, but also through the bad times. It's yeah. about being accountable through thick and thin. Mm. And I think oftentimes, at least from my own experience, I'll often be accountable when things are good. Good, yeah. All good. As soon as things go bad, everything goes out the window mm. and then you're just, I don't know, wallowing in self-pity or yes. whatever mind fog you've got where you just can't see outside of your circumstance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really loved that point that you made about that. You know, just learning to control what you can control. Because we tend to put our energy onto things that we can't control. We get mad, we get, we start, all these emotions start coming out. But really, we should just focus on what's in front of us. All right, cool, that's happened. What are we going to do now? How are we going to do this? And, you know, it just requires being still and just writing down, all right, cool, we might need to do this and it's okay. And, you know, uh, yeah, it's just not trying to rush things, you know. Just take your time. Um yeah, and, and that's what it is, bro, really. Just being still, you know, just mm. listening. Just really, really tapping into what's going on and how how you could prevent that from happening next time. And, you know, becoming a learning learning lesson of knowing who you are. And then when you hear these emotions start coming in, becoming triggers, then you know how to react. So it's, oh, here we go. All right, I need to leave here. And like, oh, why? And it's, oh, just, uh, there's just something. But you're being aware of your triggers right now, so... Um, you know, these guys might not, but you can revisit later and say, oh, sorry, bro. I had to get out of here. He goes, oh, why? And I said, oh, this happened, this and this and that. And like, oh, yeah, no, all good, bro. You know, it's it's all that. So just being aware of who you are, what needs to be done when those moments happen. And yeah, just being still, really. And just to tangent off that a little bit, how do you teach? Because I'm a teacher by trade, um, and so my kids are year seven and eight at intermediate school. And one of the things that I, you know, I always, to me, the values are the most important thing about teaching. Right. We can teach a curriculum all we want, but at the end of the day, if their character is not there, 
you know, they're going to struggle later on in life. But yes. if you have, they have good character, they'll pick up all those other things they want to learn. Um, and things like accountability, I think, are so important to teach young people. But how do you find, like, how do you teach something like accountability um, to the upcoming generation? Um, pretty much the repercussions, you know. Oh, hey. And just um, maybe just really depends on the, the children you're talking to really as well. Um, so, and be aware of who, who they are and how you should, uh, you know, uh, put the information out in front of them. But um, it's really just a whole lot of examples. Like, uh, oh, so if we did this, what what would happen if we did that? I'm like, oh, then this happened. But don't remember, well, this would happen. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. So what do you reckon we should do? And the thing is not telling them what to do, it's asking them what they should do. Instead of, no, but you need to do this and that. No, no, no. Ask them, what do you reckon I should do? And they're like, you need to do this and that. It's, All right, you know that, you know what the answer is. So it's just that pretty much. It's going back to them, just asking them, you know, just pure common sense, just accountability. But how does that make you feel, though? It made me feel better. Right. Cool. And, you know, we just jot these things up. And he goes, man, and a whole lot of praise. That's one thing that we don't, to, tend to do was praise awesome work bro good on you bro you're smart man we need to do that more you know jeez i like it like because i like it what you just said i also because sometimes we often think okay the poor kid or whoever the person that you might be talking to or conversing with oh no, i need to help them like you're saying mm. I, I got a, i got a solution i gotta fix this person but most often those people are we can use them as resources they have their own solutions to their own problems yeah that's right i love what you said hey no you can do it now you Get them to critically think and, and, and kind, of, yeah. kind of come up with the solutions for themselves. Mm. I love it also, but, but I just wanted to just to run, run it back also. Yep, yep. Because you, you talked about um, healing, um, unpacking, mm. and all of that stuff. But I think people might be watching this, the viewers and the listeners that may be thinking, what well, what did he have to unpack? What, did he, what mm. was the healing around? So also, if you can run it back, because people might think, oh, I don't know what... What, what did the movement go through? Right. And so, also, I know, because mm. from the hood. And so, if you can run it back and just give them a bit of an insight of, in terms of as, you know, the things you did back mm. in the days and, and where you've come from and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Back, it's a bit of a history. I don't want to rehash any other, any trauma, but <laughs> just, just, yeah, just, just, just to tell them, let them know, hey, yep. man, I've been through the, the yeah. wars. I know what, what it's like. Yeah. Um, I've been through all sorts of um, uh, paths. Um, this is all part of the journey of trying to find who I am, um, trying to tap in. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the small town I'm from, Otara. You Back in our day, we only had three options. The three options were you either pick up a mic, become a musician, pick up a board, become a sports player, or pick up a gun, become a gangbanger. And I, I, I've slipped into three, all those worlds, and became good at all three. But being a musician allowed me to see the, uh, the other side of the world, allowed me to travel and see outside of Wotara. And I used to wonder, because every time when I leave the place, I'm like, man, I feel sorry for my people because they don't see this, they don't get to see this, and they, you know, um, it's quite out of it. So when I go back with these stories and I talk to our locals, you know, they ask these genuine questions like, what was it like, uh, this and that, and I just tell them, you know, the experiences, this and that. You guys got to get out there and check that out, man. Honestly, there's a world bigger than Wotara out there. So. It's crazy, you know, I've been in all those worlds, um, uh, was an active game member as well um, back in the day, um, which allowed me to, uh, I was a fan of music as well, 
You know, I was a very religious, I come from a very religious family. Uh, both parents uh, born in the islands in Samoa. Uh, my mother's from Whangaloa in Samamea. Samamea in Whangaloa Bay, and then my father's from Solo Solo. So, um, you know, they it's just, uh, you know, Samoans flying over, you know, back in the day, migrating over and starting in a new foreign country um, where there was language barriers and they got a whole lot of faith and a whole lot of, you know, they're just workaholics. So it was that buzz. So went through the life of gangs, uh, life of crime, uh, became a musician. Also, uh, you know, been through so much. I've uh, lived a life of abuse, um, the violence, gang violence, you name it. I've seen a lot. Um, things that I shouldn't have seen as a kid as well. But, um, you know, it made my skin a whole lot thick and don't wish that for nobody, you know, for any of my other kids. So what I do nowadays is just give people options, um, you know, try and help out where I can, be a person of influence and, yeah, just sort of create music now. Now I'm a musician. I've been, I mean, not now, I've been a musician for 20 years plus, uh, ever since I come out of school and I'm still here today, still dropping music. So, um yeah, it's been a it's it's been a bit of a journey, um, but a lot of that stuff is you know you know I had to sort of tap in because you know I don't know if you guys are familiar with Samoans and how we were raised because it's very based on church, but I, I was raised in a real cultural church, so there was no learnings of of the man. It was just going over our heads, and we were only there just to sort of communicate with like-minded brothers who were from the other side of our city, you know, out of our suburbs. So, you know, funny, why did you get up to the weekend? It's these things. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's, yeah, just being a part of that, going through all of this stuff. So it's been a bit of a journey and a half. So I'm just grateful to be here. You know, uh, to be honest, it really saved my life. Um, you know, I would have been either six feet or I would have been incarcerated if I didn't find, you know, if I didn't pick music as my passion. You know, I used to, you know, I used to be a OG dope boy back in the day. So if you know some of the trap guys, they will tell you that um, I used to write music in those those places and traps back then. I used to rip out a piece of cardboard and find a pen at the same time while I'm on my shift, trying to make money for my mother. Uh, you know, and I'm selling illegal drugs back then. And um, what it was is, uh, you know, I tapped into writing because I was a fan of music. You know. Uh, so every time I was on my shift, you will probably hear music pumping from the whole shift till I go home. Um, and then, you know, they all knew. So I was rapping. I was always writing stuff. I rapped to my other, you know, trap colleagues that were there at the time. So, you know, they used to buzz out. They go, bro, what are you doing here? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, bro, you need to get out of here. You need to go out there and pursue this music. And shout out to the OGs out there back then that, you know, suggested that. There were moments where um, I had, had some shows and you know, the boys were like bro you need to go out there but I'm just getting ready to start my shift so the OGs were like nah they'll cash me out they'll pay for everything go and I'm like really you need to go out there and represent us I was like alright cool I'll come back so I'll go out there rip the stage up come back and then they'll, and they were just asking what it was like and I said bro I ripped us hard up and that's, you know, that's us back then that was all you know so you know um, yeah just Grateful for those people there, eh? you know, I wouldn't have an opportunity. So when I go back to the traps, I'm like, bro, what are you doing here? 
go back over there. Go do what you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be here. But, you know, uh, grateful for those people, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, been doing that for quite some time now and still here and trying to help out others, you know, who are trying to pick up a mic as well or pick up a ball and just being a brother of assistance, you know, and see where I can help others, you know, where it's required. So, yeah. So, what a journey, eh? What a journey, eh? So, you look, when you look back now, you're like, man, you know, you, you see that, you talk about the three options. Yeah. And obviously the music. And I don't know, people always say, oh, yeah, music was my saving grace. Music helped yep. me kind of save my life and all that. But it, it is, it's like, it's definitely true for you, like in terms of it's the for music. It. Yeah. It's for, like, everyone knows that. Like, man, we were lucky he picked music because the way he was headed, like, everyone knew. Like, uh, I wasn't a very pleasant guy back then. <laughs> I'm a whole lot nicer now, guys. <laughs> Because I got older. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. It's been a journey and a half or so. But grateful. And I wouldn't change it for the world. You know what I mean? I know it's been tough. You know, we, but we all go through our tough times. But, again, tough times make tough people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Much. But what's the, what's the key? What's the key to your longevity? Because... You know, some people come and go. You have some artists come and go, right. come in and say, "Oh, no, you kind of, kind of, you know, you're kind of getting a bit older now." And mm. so, get some of the youngins to come in. But you're you're still in the game, man. You're still in the game. You're still rapping, and, and you're just as good, or probably even better. Mm. And then some of these these cats coming up, mm. and people, and there's much respect for you. Like, I know. Thank there's you. No, without shadow of a doubt, people respect you. Hey, here goes, there goes the movement. There goes, there goes move. And so, also, what is the the key for you in terms of why you're you're still in the game and mm. the longevity? I think the key is because um, within the industry, it's a competitive sport, right? The only, the real key is to compete with the guy in the mirror. And you wonder why people put out content and they sort of lack because they're too busy competing with others when they should really compete with themselves. They really need to look in the mirror and get better. Challenge yourself like, hey, what did I do different the last time? All right, I need to upskill my reps. I need to step up the content. I need to level up. Because, you know, in the industry, they say that your first album is your best album, right? Because that's your hungriest. That shouldn't be the case. You should get better every time. And I haven't seen much artists out there. Sorry. I haven't. <laughs> sorry, <not> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I haven't seen anyone come out with stuff and level up keep leveling up um, in their skill, their craft. So really, it did save my life, and I look at it in that sense of how therapeutic it is and how much it helps me and how, how it did help me. So, um, yeah, uh, that's what it is. The longevity is focusing on you, um, upskilling you, um, yeah, just getting better and better at the job. Um, and that's why the album hits the way it does now because I took my time. I don't. I didn't go against the. You know. I didn't go with the machine, the requirements, the views. I need to do certain things in order for my video clips to pop. I need to do something outrageous in order to get people's attention. I didn't do that. So what I did is stuck to my guns. Like I didn't want to do that. I don't want to fake it one bit just to get some views and attention. So what I did is I did the opposite. I just kept it real as possible. Like, because I feel like it's true to me. Like, I need to prove it to myself. I'm not worried about other people and what they think about my music. Um, 
But yeah, it was just that, like just tapping into to how good I can get and what I need to change now. Uh, the concept writing, I'm getting too old. I can't be talking about alcohol. I can't be talking about <laughs> the, the concepts that I used to talk about. But you know what I mean? And you got artists like Nas now who drops an album, who did the King Disease album. And the production is great, but the content that he's talking about the stuff that I want to hear, you know, um, and it's great. So, um, you know how they say that hip-hop is a young man's sport? I disagree. Like, the content changes and the crowd, uh, your fan base changes. So um, there's longevity in it. But, again, you need to uh, really look into that man in the mirror and compete with him and just get better and better. Mm. Yeah, man, my little, my little love mm. It seems yeah. like... Were there times where it was quite challenging to stay motivated or times where you were like, oh, maybe you thought like, you know, you just have that sort of conflict within your mind about switching things up um, versus staying on your own path. Were there ever times where it became a little bit hard and you yep. attempted to sort of go that route? Things up? Yeah. Yeah, almost, but no. Stuck to my guns and went the, the long route. I That's how I went, so... Um, never folded um, and that's what made me the person I am today the artist today so uh, you know uh, everyone does all those requirements but I'm like it doesn't sit right with my heart and my creativity like how how would I do this like is that me I need to question myself again go back to that guy in the mirror do I do this nah you know what and uh, you know if it if it's good though like if it does help the product then yeah cool but I'm not really fussed on that type of stuff. You know, I, I truly believe that you can't deny good music, great music. Like a lot of people only want people to listen to an album now. But really, uh, people might not, because uh, there's a lot of emotions in this album. Certain people might have engaged to a few of these emotions, but they yet to discover the other emotions that are in the album and you can revisit the album probably 10, 20 years later when you go through that emotion like, ah, oh, is that what the Yusuf was on about? So it's pretty much that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of times I, I felt like it, but I, again, going back to asking that guy in the mirror, like, does that sit right in my heart? Because that's majority of the calls are done with how my heart's feeling and how it sits in my gut and... Mm, yeah, but I never wa wanted to worry about what other people think of me. Like, all right, cool. If it's that, it's that, you know. But yeah, I just try and keep it as true as possible. And you know, when they hear me not doing things, like, oh, that's just move. That's um, he doesn't want to do it that way. That's um, but you know, that's what makes me special, I guess. Yeah. But you know, um, but I love the way it is. You know, it's 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 been unfolded because people are just emailing me, calling me. And um, and just telling me how much the album has helped them, and I'm I'm truly grateful because that's the service there. That's what I want to do. Like I want to touch people's hearts. I want to help out, you know, in some way. And hopefully, my music can do that. Can do justice for you. So, yeah, pretty much there, bro. But yeah, man, do you have those moments, bro? But I sit there and watch other people do it, and I'm like. <laughs> I roll shaking my head. All right, you do it, bro. And when I see them doing it, I say, hmm, okay. All right. But it is what it is. So, so, so yeah. But I'm glad you stuck to your guns as well. 
you know, obviously you're, you're proud of of Samoa and you're proud of Otarian, and you know the, the new album has just dropped. Uh, but also the the past ones, the past tracks, mm. uh, also man, you know, and the, 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 you know, obviously with the, the new rappers and you know, we talked about some guys that, uh, early on about yeah, talking about life life stories and which is not even true of who they are and doesn't reflect who they are actually are and then all this about money and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Um, but obviously, because you're a proud Samoan, yep. and I love the track. One of my favorite tracks is, is "Graduated." Oh yeah. Also, you, you got to tell us because, man, the storytelling in that. Mm. Also, man, and I was watching it again and I watched it again t- and this, this afternoon. I said, man. And I remember watching it a few months ago, even last year. Yeah. But watching it again, just re- kind of rehashing my thoughts. Said, man, just the, the, the pride, but also what you went through. If you can just give us a bit of an insight from your own, your own words, like, yeah. obviously, New Zealand born. Yep. Go to, back to Samoa and then just all that, all, the whole experience, if you can mm. tell us. Oh man, culture shock, big time. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. Um, I've heard these stories from my mother and father at the time, telling me the struggles, what they went through, and here's me rolling my eyes like, yeah, dramatic. <laughs> Guess what? I went there and loved it, bro. And they weren't lying, man. Um, my mother used to tell me like, man, no, I used to be complaining about my lunch, just. Back in my day, we only had a banana. <laughs> now I'm like, here we go. You know, try and make the, you know, dramatic story here. And he goes, no, you know, sometimes we have coconut. But if we're lucky, we can get the yellow biscuits, which were, I think, a dollar or two dollars, which is gold. Man, I went there and I went to school there. Bro, that was when I was living pretty good. I'd get the yellow biscuits. I got to see it. I'm like, man, my mom wasn't joking about these situations. I had to cut, like, bananas, like... A whole bunch of bananas, I'll cut it and I'll hide it and I'll stash it somewhere so no one knows. So when I'm hungry, I'll go up there and eat heaps of bananas. Yeah, crazy, yeah. So I got to actually go through it and I had a different level of respect for my parents when they came back. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry I put you guys through this. Like, it must have been very hard for you guys. Flying over here, uh, my mother was very, very young. She was only nineteen at the time. My father was a couple of years older than her, so and he lacked in English as well. So it's quite hard, you know. Uh, uh, it's different. The system nowadays they didn't have like Ubers and all that stuff, where it would be a whole lot easier now. But man, like I gave big props to them, eh, you know. But that journey there, um, it was a very humbling journey. Um, I was dreading it as well. When I was there, I hated it. Um, Because, you know, when we're over here, we have our cousins that come straight from Samoa. Cousins come from Tonga or, you know, New Air, Cook Islands, you name it. Straight from the islands. They have a hard time at school, right? They get laughed at. Man, that's the total opposite over there. They laugh at me because I lack in Samoa. And the, the reverse psychology that they had over there, it blew me away because I was like, man, uh, I used to tease these people. I used to tease my people like that. Like, oh, what an idiot. And now they're laughing at me. I'm the laughing stock because I don't know how to speak Samoan. So, you know, I've been, I'm, in a, I'm in a village where no one knows how to speak Samoan. Uh, no, no one, has, no one has, uh, knows how to speak English. So, um, you know, I'm a New Zealand-born who could only understand but couldn't speak it. 
So it was quite tough for me going to school uh, because I'm from New Zealand. They actually thought that I, you know, I'm from the land of, you know, money. Looking, looking at it, yeah, looking at it, you know. Um, so, you know, we get bullied at schools by the prefix and it's okay. You know, the culture and Samoa schooling is different. So um, I got to go through it um, and it was quite tough. And But, you know, as I said, how I hated it. So they, they would fuss you? The, the yeah, prefix. Yes, I went through the whole thing. No, the teachers too. I got I, I I got my ass beat a lot by the teachers. Like the school system there, um, it's quite bad. Like um, when I wagged school, I was the only wagger in Samoa. <laughs> like real, I was the only wag because you know the, no wags there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, and and you wonder why they're very smart, very bookal people, but you know it's just a language barrier. But man, they're very smart people mm. when you go out there in the Momanga and the plantations, survival, like very smart. I feel so stupid around them. And here's me thinking I was better than them. But man, I had a different level of respect for the people when I came back. I was like, hey, shh. And they goes, oh, that guy's a fob. Is it? Hey, that guy might, might be a fob, but man, he's the man. He'd probably be a smart dude. But, you know, I, I never counted that out. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was an experience, bro, but... You know how I said I didn't like it. It wasn't un- enjoyable when I was there because of the the stuff I went through. But I was grateful later. You know, I got to understand what my family tree, and I wondered why where my aunties come from. Oh yeah, that's my auntie. Oh, that's my uncle. That's my uncle. This didn't realize what tree part of the tree they come from. So grateful for those things. Got to hear myths and stories of my family. Uh, got to share moments with my grandparents while they were alive. See what I mean? These things I can't get back anymore. So, but they will be forever with me. So, uh, just having level of mindfulness, manners. You know how we we're Samoan people. We come from a lot of respect. So, um, I got to learn a lot of that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was an experience, bro. I got to learn a lot about our culture, uh, our food. You name it. I uh, got to learn how to speak as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a, quite a journey. What a journey, man! But I loved, I loved the storytelling. Yeah, you graduated just, uh, bro. Also, just props, man. You just kind of you intertwine all those lyrics together, yeah. and then, then you got the video clip that just coincides with mm. the actual uh, lyrics. L- lyrics, I was like, my goodness, because yeah. I can only imagine. You know, obviously, you're New Zealand born, and you, you, you back in the days, yeah, yeah, totally agree. We, we, we see people from the islands, oh, what a fob, yeah, so fob. And sometimes, you know, and if I just I can just imagine you going there as all reverse, like, oh, I can't I can't speak someone. But coming back and having a, a, a level a new level of respect mm. for our people, but honestly not only just our people, but for the culture. Yeah. So how did you how did you how, how did that impact you when you come back home? How did you see the world? Obviously your your world would have changed in terms of the hood or Otara. Is it how did you like, okay, how how do I implement what I've learned there and try and kind of convey it to our people here or our our brothers and sisters over here. Mm. See, I didn't come back as an angel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the story didn't stop there. Sorry. I didn't come back as an angel. I came back for a long time. It only lasted for like a couple of months. Then I was back to it again. Back with the gang. Back with, back with the boys. Back with the boys. So yeah, it rubbed off quite fast. 
I was quite influenced by all the boys again and like, bro, it's good to see you again. And I'm like, man, I, I told them all the stories. Like, hey, man, you know, what I got to see over there, you know. But the level of appreciation was still there. Like, um, and also the values. Like, you know, as much as I'm being a gangster, a Simon gangster, Simon, Simon values still come and play. A mother might come out and say, oh, wait, sorry, Tina, I'll come and get, I'll come back later. You know, it's these little things like, oh, you know, these are the things that have been taught by our parents and our grandparents. But, you know, I, I came back out. I wasn't, I still, you know, uh, trialing out life still, you know. Um, just come back from another place where there's hardly anything and I'm back into um, uh, more of everything now. And I'm like trying to learn as a kid, to, uh, you know, a bit of balance. But, you know, but this is all part of the journey, learning of, you know, learning the balance, balance everything. But, um, yeah, I was just a kid still learning, really. Um, and it wasn't easy also. Came back, you know, it was a, oh, I'd grown up. Um, yeah. yeah, it was still tough. It was still tough also. Like, um, that's why I had to go through that phase of unpacking all those things, like, because it was still going, like, as much I, as I went to Samoa and picked up cultural aspects, I was, I was still, you know, still learning who I was. Um, but, you know, as the years went by, I started picking up and, all right, cool. And then utilising, trying to be more authentic, more me, more Samoan as possible, drinking, eating, living Samoan as much, you know. Um, and that was me, like, you know, I influenced the Vaidima scene. Brought up and made my limas pop off here. And now we had them selling in every shop now, you know. Um, and that's what it was. And I wanted to drink Samoan drinks. So we had our own now, you know, before we utilized uh, the US as our pinnacle, as our standard. But now, you know, I was proud of our culture. I knew what we wanted, uh, what I wanted from us. So I just utilized that. And yeah, bro. Um, it was a mish. It was a bit of a still a tough journey during that time. I was in my teens, so, you know, our young adult ages, uh, age. So, still trying to discover things, really. So, wasn't a wasn't an easy ride through. I was still going through the rocky stages, still trying to find it. But yeah, man, it's so cool because obviously, you can see, like you said, also, it was kind of like life changing. Obviously, you come back to your habitat, obviously in the hood, Otara, mm. and like, oh, okay, the boys are back. Mm. Okay, kind of. Gonna switch back into the, to the to what I, I, I used to live, and you kind of okay, I'm back into the, the gang again. But in terms of our, our culture, in terms of being Samoan, do you think there's a strong element in terms of healing around our culture? Because you, you hear all the time now, well-being, wellness, mental well-being. But is there something about our culture, or more so in, in terms of um, Samoan Samoan culture? Is this an element or a major part of our Samoan culture that can actually bring forth? healing or well-being for our men oh ah, yeah that's a tough one um we can but um i don't think there's enough of it um you know uh also the perceptions of men held in our culture because in samoa we're being told to be the ulus of the ainga the head of the family but we've got to be mindful of those that came before them, that taught them, who were the who were the, the ones coaching my old man to be a leader. Really, he didn't have anyone as well. But there's an expectation of, you know, the man should always be right, but 
you know, sometimes our men and our family, the ulus of the ainga, are unhealthy. So that's why where our mothers step in, it be, become backbones. We utilize the backbone, but um, I think some things need to change. Um, we need to be more realistic. Um, I, I've had this, uh, I've seen this conversation being brought up. Um, a man mentioned about mental health services in Samoa. And there's a lot of crazy stuff that our people go through, you know, I mean, um, but just having those services because our people don't talk about them, you know. Uh, uh, I've seen the commentary on that. Everyone laughed about it. They made a mockery about the guy's suggestion. But I know them, I know, wow, that that is required heavily. Like, um, I could talk more about the situations with our people, but I don't want to mention it, you know yeah. what I mean? So um, it, it's it, it's needed. It's needed. We need to change the approach. The days and the times are changing, so we need to sort of adapt to what's going on today, and um, and not be in denial because there's a whole lot of denial in there, and it's crazy. So that's why I utilize my music to tell those stories in um, a sense of music because uh, where it's not aggressive and people can understand, all oh, right, cool, he's just telling it through a story. Um, but, yeah, it's just, that's how I, I utilised it. But there's a lot of issues that fall in our culture. But, you know, we're not perfect, but um, uh, I just hope there's more of our brothers and sisters out there that sort of step up um, and shed more light into our culture within the mental health system. Like, it's quite insane. Uh, with what I feel sorry for the children, what they have to deal with. Now, um, Samuel's taking on another uh, situation, which is dealing with internet. Our people are not from the internet. We're navigators. We utilize the stars in the skies. Now, people are losing the value of hard work now. You know, but just the simplest things, like now we use these devices to think for us when we forget to to think. <laughs> Instead of pulling our phone out to answer for us, yeah. now we like, back then we used to think, oh, bro, I wonder if the bro's at home. <laughs> now it's, I wonder if the bro's home. Just takes a minute. Who's at you? Like that, it's just lazy. Like, we're just losing a lot, you know what I mean? But, I mean, we just need to adapt to what's in front of us because there's a lot there and um, uh, I'm mindful of it you know but I'm just trying to push it through the music and whether they can help out in some you know raise these conversations um, but yeah um, I know there's a lot there but it's going to require a village to actually try and put that in place but I hope that some of those things get put into play to help our people especially our babies that are coming up now um, yeah, just there's a lot of things, you know. When I went back to Samoa, I got to see kids with UE booms. They were playing Kendrick Lamar, playing J Cole, and I know they also didn't know what they what those bars meant, but it sounded cool, or it's on a TikTok story. You know what I mean? And that's that's how they're influenced. You know, uh, you know, where a lot of our people from back in our time, uh, from my cloth, a lot of the islanders that flew over worked so hard. They appreciated the dollar, where now a lot of the generation now are okay with being temps, being shipped around to jobs, different jobs. They're okay with that. 
so the system has changed. So I think, yeah, I just hope that, but, you know, we just need to adapt, really. Like, and I hope a lot of people just step up and start, you know, helping out where it's required. But I know there's a lot there. And um, that's a big conversation, really. Mm-hmm. That's a huge conversation and a, and a real deep one. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a lot. We can go, we can talk about religion, church. Man. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, that's one. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, I might get in trouble. <laughs> I might get in trouble in my church session on Sunday. I still go to churches. Love it. But oh, yeah, but you man. know what I mean? Like, there's church, you know, and how islanders perceive churches. Like, um, you know, and then financial issues. What are we, how much are we spending at church? Sometimes we spend a lot because it's all about, uh, what other people think that we're putting in and the thing is that churches are lowing out how much mm, you give into the church yeah. like yeah and not realizing that what it took for that family to give that money and now they got empty cupboards like that's an issue there but if i mention it everyone will give me the death stare you know what i mean but there's some things we can't explain and they just normalized it in their lives you know what i mean it's normal so nowadays, um, and regarding that, like I have these chats with my parents. Oh man, oh they're in trouble. I funger them hard out eh, now, so they can't get away with anything now. So you know when we we're kids, go to go to church. I'm the local, but now I'm a man of church now. Oh, anything that you know, they try and put their values. Like, hey, but God said this and this and that. Like, yeah, you're right. And I said, hey, and I hold them accountable, but you know. Certain things like little little bad habits. You've got an underage kid, underage child, niece, granddaughter, at home, probably eight years old, and left at home. I'm just gonna go up the road and they leave, don't answer the door. Things like that, like that needed to change. Like my mother, uh, my mother did it. Sorry, mum. My mum did it a while back, but I had to tell her, hey. We can't do that no more. I know you did that with us, but don't do it anymore. And she's like, why? We just went up the road. I said, dude, he goes, we only were like five minutes. I said, I know, but within those five minutes, mm-hmm. if someone snatched up that kid or some, uh, subs came through and took that baby, you're going to be crying the loudest. You're going to be crying with your mouth open, as a matter of fact. You know what I mean? But let's prevent that from happening, please, by making better decisions. And she, the cool thing about my mom, she took it on the chin. She said, you're right. Nah, that's cool. And that's just explaining it to them thoroughly instead of just explaining things to them to be a few buckle. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about in regarding our culture. Yeah, but it's a very, very uh, deep conversation that needs to be, had, you know, that we need to have. And, um, and I don't think, like, we need to, yeah, it's going to take a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, but that's a great question, Us, and that's a tough one. Like, really? Yeah. No, man, I appreciate your thoughts, also. Yeah, and it is. You're, you're absolutely right, also. It's a. It's gonna take. It's kind of not one of those uh, quick fixes. <sighs> you think, oh, it's just a magic wand, and it's just oh, it's all, it's all sorted. It's gonna take a lot of people, and, and yeah. it could be. I don't know. It could be. Or you can decades. actually have someone that's from a different culture, and you're trying to explain to them. Like, they're like, oh, "Why are you doing that?" And I'm like. Yeah, I can't explain it to you. Like, it's something that's going to be hard to explain to you because this is how our culture has been raised through yeah. generations, generations, generations. And they're like, 
they don't add up. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> Either. I didn't get it either. Just all the un, 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 unpeeling. All, 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 yeah, there's just yeah. so much to unpeel and un, unpack, like you say. Yeah, yeah. But no, man, thank you. So this, this, yeah, it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that yeah, a lot of people need to talk about, but not just our culture, but several cultures. Yeah, in, several in, cultures. Yeah, in, in New Zealand. So, yeah, man, appreciate that. Even the religious ones, but, but church and hey. all, that's, that's a... Yeah. That's another one. That's, that's another a massive conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different conversation now. See, look, with me now, with church... I'm having a better understanding now. So within those years, you know, we're there singing these hymns, you know, because we love singing, you know what I mean? And catching up with the boys, doing White Sunday. Now, but why does White Sunday have to turn out to be something re- like really dreadful, like a lot of people scared? Man, man, tell, you, tell me, man, also, that was one of the worst, like every time we came to that month, oh man, I used to dread it when they give me the pipa for... And you probably would have had oh, like ten people say minimum. I used to dread the the two pages of. I said, oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, I, and the thing is, I would memorize all this the Kauluku, and I would have no no idea what yeah, I'm what talking about. I don't exactly. know think what I was talking about. And so, but yeah, when you look at your mom's, you connect your you know connect eyes with your look. eye contact eye contact with your mom and your dad. Like, oh my gosh! You <sighs> know you have to perform, man. I'm performing without not even looking at them. I'm looking on the air, my <laughs> actions on my hands. I ain't even trying to make contact with nobody who's so special, my mum. Bro, that dipstick, I can feel it. <laughs> Man. Yeah, bro. But honestly, it's crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. But just grateful for it, eh? You know, um, grateful for the lessons, uh, the lessons now. So that's why I love learning more about it because, uh, I'm trying to implement it in my life every day, so try and walk close to it. Also, and you're right, also. I look, I look back now, I think, bro, even though I dreaded those times, and especially that month, like, oh, but I think back now, that man, I love that. I, I really, lo- I appreciate the music and the singing and the songs. Yeah. The like, that was some, some good singing and some good mm. times. And yeah, but you can look back now and laugh now. Yeah. But back then, I was like, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> the five year old would be like, hey, sh-. Hey, yeah. I like, oh, man. You, some, some of us would say some literal beatings. Like, hey, if you don't get it right, man. Like, oh. oh, man. That's a that's another trigger. You know what I mean? That's another trauma that we'll have to face, hey, you know? But hey. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's for part two. That's part two. So <laughs> that's for another. Yeah. That's that's well, this is another thera- therapeutic session. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm getting triggered all of a sudden. Hey. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good times, good times. <laughs> Man, the challenges that you've identified, like these are generational things, like, yeah. you know, traditions that have spanned generations. Society's changed so much. Um, like just the context, because society is always changing, things like the values are interpreted differently. They're Different. practiced, practiced differently. Like mm. discipline back in the day is different from discipline now. No, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. No, yeah. And um, it was just interesting when you mentioned um, technology, because I imagine that's one of the biggest new things that's come in where it's just turned things on its head again, and mm. now it's uh, a matter of reshuffling. Reshuffling. And trying to understand ourselves within this new context. Mm. Um, and you're right, there's... Who has the answers, really? Yeah. Like, no one person has all the answers. Mm. And again, that's something else, is taking in other people's opinions yeah. and how do you sift through to find truth? Yeah. these days everyone has their own truth. Their own truth, yeah. Their own answers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just thinking about, you know, you mentioned technology and how, um, you know, 
we were navigators and now we can look people up online and see where they're at. Um, is there, do you think there are dangers at racing, taking shortcuts towards solutions? Because that's one of the things that technology has brought us is that it's helped us solve some problems, but some of these solutions actually, we probably haven't thought about them as much as we should have sure. before we implemented them. And then there's, mm. that creates more problems. Mm. But um, yeah, it just made me think about that sense of discovery that we've lost, that sense of adventure. adventure yeah. When it was like, oh, we'll go, we'll go to our mate's place after school and we'll just rock up and be like keen on a game on the yeah, road, like yep, have a spark yep. up a game and such or whatever. And now it's like, I don't really, everyone's, they'd rather just be at home on their phone swiping. And it kind of makes me sad that there's, the sense of adventure mm. that's been lost. And I have a mate that's a high school teacher and he said, you know, back in the day, it was like sports at lunchtime. Like everyone's sparking up a game, but now he's like, no one wants to play because they'd all rather just jam on their phones. <sighs> and it's, and you know, I just like, damn, like who would have thought when I was in school that mm. this would be an issue? Because yeah. we just thought, oh, you know, we had the old school phones. It was mm. cool to have a phone. Yeah, like, man, now I can call my friends whenever. That's cool. Yeah. But now it's evolved into... I have to see what my friends are doing twenty four seven. I have to create something so that my friends will think I'm cool and give me a like. And it's just crazy how it can help in some ways, but there yeah. is a flip side. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, see, back in the day, whatever I went through, you would have went through it. Whatever I had issues with, you would have heard about it. I would have told you, or I'm like, man, like troubles at our home. Like we're sharing issues with each other. Like, man. Oh man, give me hiding last night. Why? Because oh, of this and that. Like, Damn. And then, like, you know, we learning from each other. But yeah, it totally is, bro. Um, it takes all the fun out. And that's what I love about our generation. Oh, every other generation before the technology came in, we had an imagination. And that's what keeps me going. So my imagination and my writing, uh, you know, but I eventually just turned it into my truth. But that's the exciting thing. I, I miss those times. Those are the times where I engage with my friends. That's why I feel like I know my, I know know my friends. Like people throw their friend card around quite easily, and it's a friend from Facebook that you've never met, <laughs> but I like your posts, and that's a friend requirement. You know, you, that's, I'm going to consider that as a friend. Oh, you got ten thousand friends, right? Yeah, for real. But how many of them were going to buy your album? Yeah. So uh, that's how crazy it is. Like you know, um, it's those things like. I'm grateful for that, you know, an imagination, you know, uh, went outside and we were, un we didn't have anything. We, yeah, so, you know, um, you know, the, the, the thoughts of grabbing a stick from a branch and now that becomes a sword, now that becomes a gun. And, you know, we're just running around shooting each other. There's no bullets coming out, but, you know, you're pretending you're in it and you're getting hit by it. It's these things, but now people don't get excited over these things, you know. There were more active people, more active you know, we were playing sports back then, you know, we didn't have these devices. So to be honest, I'm actually grateful that I didn't come up on that. Oh man, imagine if we had cameras on our time. <laughs> I would have been arrested today. I wouldn't be here. So that's what I mean. So it, it's those things. Um but yeah, man, it's I feel bad for them. I really, really do. So um I, I just hope parents you know come up with some solutions, come up with some plans. Because, you know, it's getting to the point that they're stripping them off. The, the, and the reactions of it, though. Like, when you strip them off your technology, see them just lose it. Really, 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 really aggressive. Really aggressive. And, 
yeah, it's it's so sad that our kids can't live without them. You know what I mean? And just um, can't do the simple things, like just to think. Like, you know, think, uh, yeah, just, or even, you know, but yeah, it's, again, like, they got to worry about what other people think of them. It's a, it's a game, you know. Uh, we've got a profile pic. It's like that, you know, we've got to, oh, I've got to make sure my profile pic looks pimping for everyone to see what I'm doing. But it, it's a whole facade, man. Like, you know, everyone's on there talking about their highlights, you know, what they got, how much money they got, where they're at, you know, where, they're, you know, where they go for holidays at. So, you know, um, but it's, but what about the situations you're going through? How come you don't highlight that? How come you don't talk about how broke you are, but everyone don't show that thing? Because that's, that's the internet for you, you know? It's about showing off and what you have better than everybody else. Like, but yeah, uh, I don't agree on that stuff. Eh? So I try and stay away from it. That's why I really think that it's quite poisonous. Uh, in certain areas, but I, I, I truly believe it's useful. Certain certain areas, but majority, I think, it's quite poisonous. You know, out here in the social media platforms as well, what they put out there, the content. Like even me, like me trying to put out my song Tin City, I put my video up. They're charging me twenty uh, twenty but twenty dollars to actually to get to another three hundred followers, extra followers. But imagine the content that's actually sh- and they're shaking booties and. All the the bad stuff, they play that on the radio twenty four seven. So it's quite a toxic industry. They just want you. They want that out there. They want the kids to see that. You know what I mean? So it's really depends on our, our parenting as well. Um, you know, coaching them at a real young age, uh, preparing them. Um, I see a lot of parents giving devices to children really really young, but minds are not mature enough to actually inherit that information or you know they have access to everything like it's crazy you know back then we could only access porn through videos vcr magazines now you can just access it through your fingers you can access it you can be a young kid and jump on it like that's how bad it is so yeah uh, uh, gift and the curse i reckon it's it's Mm. but I, i don't see no good in it I think it's quite bad but I'm a musician I have to jump on these platforms and just to keep my fans you know um, going and let them you know build awareness of what's happening but yeah if I had it my way I wouldn't even want to jump on it <laughs> yeah, to be honest but yeah it is what it is and it really depends on how you use it and what the platform for you know if it's just building awareness putting you know your content out then yeah good but for the other reasons, it's time consuming and time is money. Um, people don't realize that they're wasting time by spending too much time on the phone instead of prioritizing time for it. You know, I've got to be on here for an hour and that's about it. You know? It's such an addiction, eh? It is. It, it is. It. It's an insane addiction. You know what I mean? Even it's vapes. Look at vaping now. Vaping yeah. is crazy now. You know, before you create an addiction through nicotine. And, you know, you, you get this habit. Now you're creating the habit of just putting something in your mouth without no nicotine. I think there's a, um, 
There's a documentary on Netflix about that. And uh, from the preview, I remember seeing that the creators wanted to battle nicotine and they had really good intentions. Right. Um, but seeing how it's spiraled now and young kids can get access to it and now there's new health problems that have come from it. Like, it's just crazy how if these things are not kept in check, if you're not mm. disciplined with them, they can easily roll the other way. Totally. Yeah. And they, you could tell that they never thought that far. Mm. They didn't think they're going to have that problem, but... Here we are, and uh, yeah, it can be a bit tough. Man, you've you've touched on this this you've said these words specifically a few times now. Um, thick skin, developing yeah. thick skin, yep. and um, it seems like there's a almost a gratitude for the hardship you've come through, mm. and because it's developed this thick skin for you, where. You know, you don't let things get to you. You can keep your head on your shoulders and not be too emotional, yep. not take things personal. And, you know, in a world today where there's cancel culture and mm. it's, you know, you shouldn't say anything offensive. Is it is it a scary thing to know that the, you know, our generation coming up don't get opportunities to build that thick skin? Or is it that they're building thick skin in new ways? Or, you know, are they in more danger because they don't, you know, there are shortcuts to everything now, including their hardship and their trials. Yeah, you have people who can speak up and talk about uh, what they went through. You know, like myself, we can do that. Where us, we had to fall on our face in order in order to discover that or how it felt. Like, ugh. You know, someone could have warned us, but we we still go through it. <laughs> too late, <laughs> too late, bro. <laughs> Tripped over, but um, it's that. You know, we we. We learned from our trials back then. Um, you know, uh, they, uh, our leaders wanted us to fall on our face and go, you know, and feel what it feels like, you know. But now we have these safety nets. Like I don't want my baby to go through, and it's maybe, maybe something really, really small that they need to go through. You know, it's not harming them, but you know, it's just a certain emotion that they're gonna feel, and it's gonna be okay though. Where. A lot of our parents now are like, no, I don't want my baby to go through that. No, no, it's going to hurt her. Listen, listen, it's going to hurt him. But, you know, some of these things we need to teach them in certain areas. Like, hey, all right, the value of the dollar, you know, things like that, hard work. Bringing to those values, uh, communication, teaching your children how to communicate. Because, you know, I grew up not knowing how to communicate until now. Like, you know, I want to try and be a, you know, try and teach them because I want to make their life a whole lot easier. Um, and I'll go through what I went through. So the thing is that my children see me go for therapy. And the thing is that I want to show them that I'm trying. I want to be better. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better brother. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better son. So my my kids, they see me dedicate time. I'm like, all right, cool. Are like, oh, you off to your appointment? Off to my appointment. All right, cool. Good luck. I say, oh, good. You know, and then they, when I come back, they check in. How was it? It was good. What do you guys talk about? Oh, you know, just personal stuff. But, you know, it's okay. I feel good today. And it's, oh, that's good. You know, it's just telling them about my progress, you know, and showing them what, you know, what I'm doing as a father to, to grow and adapt with them, you know. But, um, yeah, um, nowadays, you know, I just try and help them out as much as possible. You know, I've been through a whole lot of life and I don't want them to go through it as well. You know, I don't, no parent wants their children to go through that. So, you know, I teach them life lessons a lot, you know. I still bring old values because I'm still cut from that cloth of old, you know. But learning how to talk to them because they grow up. 
so they know some of them now my kids are young adults now so now I have to ask not demand you know I'm from a my parents they didn't ask they demand go wash those dishes and the response was ugly you know the response roll something underneath (laughs) your tongue but you know the difference is you know and I started talking to my children hey darling can you wash those dishes please and they're like, yeah, sure, Dad. Yeah, all good, because you get a different response. And I was like, oh, sweet, see? And then at the same time, I'm teaching my parents to say, hey, don't demand. You know, I'm a 40-year-old man now. You know, hey, just ask me, and I'll do it. Yeah, like, oh, okay. But, you know, that's, again, we're just teaching them, um, again, repacking and just showing them how to redo it again, you know? Uh, you know. And just, yeah, just, it's, yeah, I just... It's been a bit of a tough thing, but I just try and teach them as much as I can and utilising culture. Again, you know, bringing how my grandparents taught me, how my parents taught me, and bringing those, bringing that sense of value towards it because I know they're going to lack, because now they're lacking culture. And, you know, a lot of kids are going to be asking, my kids are going to be asking, oh, Dad, why didn't you teach us all this stuff? You know, I'm saying, oh, yeah, cool. You know, um, I didn't throw it on my children. It's just when they're ready to have that discussion because it's a journey, you know, and then I just teach them, be with them and be supportive. That's the difference. I just want to be there and to support them and make sure they get across that line. Um, I didn't have that support system back then. My support system were OG gang, gang patch members, and those were the people that I looked up to. And these people sold drugs, keep some money, and, you know, that was the influence to me. I was like, oh, man, I want to be like that guy, you know. And he used to break me off something, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, oh, shuttle, so, you know, it's OG. So the leaders I had around were uh, not the best leaders, but grateful of them. But uh, I wanted to be that person for my children, uh, the babies that I'm influencing around them. So I always make sure they're okay, you know, or if there's any way that I could uh, get them home or whatnot or system. So, yeah, just making sure the, you know, um, that the transition is a whole lot easier, smoother, uh, not so hard, uh, you know. But, yeah, just got to be mindful of them and how how it works these days. So the approach changes. I have to approach them in a way where they could respond back. And um, it's been good, though. It's been really good. But uh, I find, I know that they, they're going to have a hard time nowadays because of what's ahead of them, you know, the, in- the internet and all this stuff. So... It is what it is. Just, yeah, find out, you know. Just got to be there and support them as much as possible. Mm. Well said. Well said also. And as like you said before, just being able to just change the approach but also being able to, to adapt. Yeah. And just like you're saying, just in terms of communication, how do we deal with this new generation, so to speak? Mm. And obviously you talked about therapy and our, our, our young people. I wanted to just touch on, on your music therapy. Mm and the young people that you work with. And I know you touched a little bit on it in terms, early on in terms of getting young mm. people to, who are you know, great, maybe very good uh, musically, but also be able to, to write music and to write songs, compose songs that are generally from, from inside, from the heart. Mm. And so t- tell us a little bit about um, your, your music therapy and what you do, because it's, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, the music therapy is pretty much... Um, uh, uh, a workshop for the students that are who are interested in music, the you know uh, understanding the industry, um, and also uh, guiding them. So it's sort of like an eight week uh, course where 
I go through different styles of hip hop, uh, the different generations as well. Um, also, um, the purpose of hip hop, the messages, teaching them um, about the core values of writing music with your heart and not getting caught up with the views, the clicks, the likes, the things that sort of distract you from your creativity. Um, uh, away from the machine, I mean. So, um, so just teaching them how to write music with what the situations that are that are happening at home, or maybe happening at someone else's house, or just trying to get them to actually talk about their truth and sort of find solace within those situations that they go through. Um, so you know, myself being a person of influence in my neighborhood coming back and running these programs um you know i've got a few accolades under my belt that the you know the kids love and and it's been cool being a person of influence and actually influencing them as much as possible uh, running these workshops but um you know our kids are vision you know they're, they're vision learners you know you gotta show them so i go through this whole eight weeks with them showing them the requirements of of a music artist uh where it's writing content to uh, preparing yourself to the radios, getting ready for camera work, videos, the whole nine. So, you know, I take my students out to a studio session. They might have taken like seven hours, but they're tired. They're falling asleep in the room. I'm like, so are you sure you guys want to be musicians? And they were like, what? We've been here for seven hours. Like, yeah, but you guys only recorded one song each. So imagine if you were here seven hours by yourself and you had to record an album. I'm like, oh, and they were like, yeah, they were like stressing out. I said, yeah, everyone everyone wants to hit the Tupac level but don't want to do the job. They don't want to do the, you know, don't want to do the hard yards. I said, everyone's quick to actually get to the end zone but not realizing it's the journey that makes it that makes it uh, enjoyable, you know. So, yeah, just teaching them about these things. So uh, they get to experience studio time. Um, also go over to radio stations. Um, and I teach them about preparation and how it's key. So, you know, we might be in the lobby and the, the radio station and um, I'm talking to my students and say, what's, what are the questions they're going to ask us? And we're like, oh, um, they're going to ask us about the album. It's like, all right, who's going to answer that? And he goes, I will. And I was like, cool. So what are the questions that they're going to ask? And he goes, are they going to ask about uh, our names? I said, like, yeah, cool. So what are you guys going to say? He goes, oh, I've, I've sussed this out. And I said, like, cool. So these are the things. So I sort of just get them ready and show them that preparation is key. Even to being on stage, there's been there'll be moments where people are like, "Hey, you need to jump on now," and uh, or last minute, and you have to be ready. So it's those things, um, you know. And then they we get to record uh, an album, and we release it. They get to you know take their photo shoots as well, and feel like a million bucks. You know, they become superstars and feel like stars, and that's what it's all about, right? So. I just take them through their journey and man, it's helped out a lot of kids from South Auckland. I've had a lot of kids just travel from far. I had a student travel from West Auckland just to to, just to come and do this program. And he caught caught an Uber. Crazy. So that kid when every time he come through, I'll be like giving him the time of day. I said, bro. And, and I would tell all the Otada kids, hey, look at this guy. He traveled from West. To this, and so what's your guys' excuse? And oh, he's the man. So everyone respected him so much. All the Otarian kids embraced him, and he came, you know, came one of the family. So um, yeah, it's just going through the the whole process with them, showing them what's important, 
teaching them about contracts, teaching about, you know, it could be used to, might be in the class. And then say, for instance, say, oh, those who want to jump on the song. I said, yeah, but have you written the contract? And we're like, oh. Then they go away and write contracts. Does that look all right? And I said, give it to them. And they'll give it and they'll sign off. And they're sweet then. So that's an official feature. This is business. And I'm like, oh, true. And I said, so without that paperwork, and also decides that he wants to take more of a percentage and takes you to court, that's your paperwork <laughs> to cover your butt. And they're like, man. And these are the things I got to teach them about. These are the things world. that they don't know. <laughs> exactly. And it's a doggy dog word out there also. But that's when your motives are not aligned. You know, when your motive is based on money, fame, all of that. So, you know, yeah, it's, that's when the expectation is based on that. But when really you want to find peace within music to heal a certain emotion, that's how I look at it. And I try and teach our kids that. So it's crazy, you know, get them on the big stage as well. They perform, do uh, sets. I even had kids who had disabilities jump on there and stole the night. Yeah, and, you know, disability kids with some of the kids with disabilities, uh, they might not be able to write or create music, but we do, like, all right, cool, since we can't do that, let's, but, you know, they got good memory banks. So they were like, oh, but I love that Eminem song. I said, all right, cool, that's the that's the mish. You're going to perform that song. And I'm like, all right, sweet. And so what I do around it is get the instrumentation, you know, for those sorts of to rap, and I'll be the BV guy. And I say, hey, you rap lead, I'll be at the back, don't worry, I got you. And knowing that you're going to support them, that's gonna they're going to go handy, and then they're going to go hard. So And also just a little, you know, in the beginning before the show starts, hey, still prayer. Oh, yeah, and you know, just pray for them and say, hey, pray, make sure, you know, be the hype man, Lord, you know, be out there and guide these kids. Rock, you know, let these guys uh, shut, it, shut it down tonight. So, you know, and they do that. And then praising them again, saying, prayer. That was an awesome, you know, awesome performance. And yeah, man, and watch them just come back. They just keep going. So some of those students now, they're still going to this day, still, still rapping. I'm still going over to see their performances. I'm visiting, still catching up with them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the the Movement Music Academy program. Um, and they get awarded. They get fed. They get merch. They get uh, yeah. It's one of those things. And then then they have then they have an album. That's on a streaming platform. They'll be there forever. So they can always show to their family members, hey, look, I'm on this album. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So if people want to find out more Jeez. about it, they can just Google it. and Yeah, yeah. So uh, the organization is called Move Communities. So uh, based it on, yeah, um, we just, uh, we got a few programs out there in Ōtara um, and also in schools. Also now we'll be uh, starting some new programs out in Brisbane. In Gold Coast, mm. yeah, man, man on a mission. <laughs> um, it's really cool. I think honestly, um, you've done a really great job on giving examples in terms of you know you had touched on the importance of looking at the man in the mirror mm. and being your own best competition, and then hearing you talk about the programs and seeing why that's so important mm. and giving a real life context to the students that you're working with. I yeah. think. It's so amazing. And so one of the things I'm Thank curious you, about so. um, is with so much going on, what do you see on the horizon for yourself in the future, five, ten years from now? What's, what are some of your bigger ambitions from here? To own a clinic. Own my own clinic. 
that has a community hub that I run and it has my workshops, arts, crafts, you name it, it's a huge safe space. Everyone that knows me is that knows that knows me knows that I'm I've been aiming for this for quite some time. And doing the groundwork, like all of this stuff, is um my direction to it. You know, like it's it's that. So I'm just doing all this stuff to get closer to that goal. So I wanna have a clinic in my hometown where they can see us move communities and then they have a psychologist there who can tap in cultural aspects, religion views to financial issues with, amongst our people. And also goes back to the conversation about our, uh, you know, the mental health within our culture. These are the things that we need to have, you know, within our communities, uh, you know, um, because it's not mentioned enough around our people. Our people don't talk about it as, as much. But um, it's a conversation that needs to be had, you know what I mean? So that's the goal. I, I want to have a clinic. Um, um, yeah, I just want to be everywhere and just help out as much as possible. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I want to I wanna own a clinic, bro. Yeah. Man. But it sounds, I know it sounds out the gate, but oh man, we no, get no, no, no man, not out the gate. Also, <laughs> that's, 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 what's, that's what's required. I think a lot of our people need to hear that. Mm. And people may think, oh, well, this bit of a bit of a bit of a reach, bit of a stretch. But we need to strive for goals like yeah, that. Yeah, man. yeah, we need to strive for goals like that. And especially our youngins, like man, oh man, if the movement is, is doing that, man, we we need more people. Like you said early on. We need more people to step instead of being spectators. They say, "Hey, I need to jump in. I need to join in. I need to be part of the collective mm. to really push these these positive positive um, things that are that should be yeah. should should be in, in our in our communities." Yeah. Also, man, that's so impressive, man. So impressive. Thank you. Also. The, the work that you do, man. And so it, it is your if it's fitting your name. The movement, it is. I was literally thinking <laughs> the, the movement, same thing. Man, like, it's so that like, is the movement. Jeez, <laughs> talk about being the real and being true, like man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the whole goal, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to keep it true as possible. Jeez, says so only if you're looking for a caretaker, man. I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> caretaker. Hey, you, management, this guy. <laughs> hire, can you hire me, please? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. But I love it. I love the whole concept. I love the clinic. I love that what you're doing with the the young people, or everything. You like from from contracts and also the music, but also keeping them passionate about the, the producing the music, the creativity mm. around the music, instead of like, okay, I have to do all this, the contractual issues and all that kind of stuff. But I love it that you still kind of, you need to understand this. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, culture, all that, but if you're in the system and this is the, the white man's world, you need to know this. You need to be informed. Mm. I love that you, you, kind of, you do this for our young people, man. And also, um, you know, the stigma of, you know, the anxiety of people going into these rooms when it's dominated by the opposite color. But, you know, the anxiety they have, they walk in and they belittle themselves and think they're not, they're unworthy to be in the room. But I know that that sort of, is, uh, it's been around for so long. But, uh, you know, the me, I can walk in those rooms and hold myself in high regard that I know what I'm talking about to the point that they, that I, hey, like they give me, they look like, but I'm laughing. I'm like, what? It does, it's not supposed to sound like that. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, you're going to have a hard time today. 
what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, um, again, it goes back to self worth. Like um, you know, uh, I know a lot of our people get scared of words. You know, certain words get mentioned. And like, oh, um, what does that mean? Uh, you know, they start panicking. But um, it's just knowing your worth. You know, just going into the room and what you provide, what you can give them, and um, yeah, and that's true power. Okay, you know, just having power within yourself and knowing your worth. And I know that a lot of people lack in certain areas like that. But it's a journey. You know, it's a journey whether you try and tap into that. And it's, yeah, it's a big one. So yeah. Yeah, my Lord, love also. It has been. It's just been um, profitable. I this just the word that comes to my mind is profitable. The conversation that we we're talking about, your experiences, your past, your journey, mm-hmm. obviously the, the the end zone. You talked about the end zone, you know, the clinic, and just the big vision around it. Also, man, I am like I said from the onset, very proud. You know, Thank yeah, because yeah, from you, know, from the hood, and um, yeah, everybody you know, being Dawson and all that kind of stuff. Yep. All the boys, and so, bro, just the work that you're doing, and the, and the, the the gusto and the heart to do, to pursue it, but also the passion around it, and it is you can never go wrong when when it's for for the good for the good of men, yeah. for the betterment of men and, and mankind, and so also all the all the best, all the best, man. Thank also you. props to you and to all those who support you, man. My Lord, love so full so. Ah, Lord, Thank love you. I just, uh, just yeah, my my cup has been f- has been filled. Oh, tonight, man. bless, so, bless. Uh, for sure, hundred percent, Thank you for Jay, having me, Jay. You know, no, honestly, it's been a real pleasure, and I'm honestly, I was so excited because I was like, man, from Otara, like these are the. Oh, I'm currently living in Otara on Beards Road, no right around way. the corner from the town centre. What? 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 I have a lot of love for Otara, and um, you know, there's some really great community initiatives. Um, yeah going on there that I'm so proud of and it's just cool to hear um, someone so real who's lived through it and still has a lot of love to give back and honestly I'm just blown away by how much you're able to give back like I just think it's Mm. such a gift and it's so amazing that you're able to give so much of yourself but you still be so grounded like you never I've never you've never given off a vibe that you've ever wavered or forgotten who you are. Like the values are instilled in you so yeah. much that even when you might swerve so, right, yep. you're still grounded. Yep. Like there's some learning there. And, you know, you talked a little bit about your your vision for the clinic. And I think every, based on it, your experience and everything you've shared so far, you're laying the groundwork as you speak and it's inevitable that you're going to get there. So oh, um, yeah. just big Thank ups you, on the album, the music, the storytelling. Like mm-hmm. I just think... You know, we've always been orators, storytellers, yep. and I think the fact that you're able to do so in a world that changes, mm. sticking to your values, but also leveraging the mediums that you have. That's right, yeah. Genius. Yeah, man. True, real. This is the real, the man. So the I real, brother. It, man. Just big ups. Thank you so much Appreciate for sharing your time with us this evening, honestly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a blessing to be here, especially the platform that you guys have provided here because we need more spaces like this. And I knew, um, knew coming back home, I knew I had to touch base because I'm a huge fan of you guys' platform and I've been watching it from Australia. So we're all over there watching it as well. So kudos to you guys for doing an awesome job and providing a space because honestly there's not many out there um, and also have like-minded brothers you know that you could actually 
trust and actually you know, speak safely around, you know, and knowing that you can be guided, you know, and looked after. So honestly, really, really appreciate you guys for this. And um, yeah, it's long overdue. Yeah, it's about time, long overdue, yeah, bro. Man. So um, yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. So mm. I'm, I'm glad and happy to come through here. And honestly, if there's anything that you guys need from me, shoot it through, I'll come through also. Oh man, man, oh man, thank you so much also. Hey, uh, we never let our guests go empty-handed, and so we always mm. give them a gift. So we oh. always we do a bit of a cartoon, a bit of a caricature of our, our guests, nice. how we envision them to be also. Right, uh, uh, okay. Sorry, this, this is on behalf of the Mandate team also, this is for hey, you. Thank you. Oh, bless. Hey, no way. Yeah, man, oh man, oh, thank you, bro. Thank you. Oh, nah, look at this thing. Nah, man, Come on, man, look you, at this. Man. This, for, this, for this is good, bro. Oh, nah, man, bro. thank you. This is awesome, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah. No, we're, no, we're, no, we're, we're, we're really blessed. We're truly blessed tonight, also. And so we always give our, uh, oh, just just one more thing. Also, is there someone that you can think of that, that, that would be ideal to come on the podcast? You think just, just the tip of your head, like, oh. Or several people? I There is several people, but I think one of the ones will be scribe. In regards of vulnerability, he's, um, I love the also. I love his story um, and where he's headed now. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I know he went through his, his demons, you know, when everyone was judging him. I never let up one bit. I was behind him the whole time. You know, uh, people make mistakes. But um, I know he's got a lot of experiences that people can sort of uh, learn from. Because uh, he's been through a lot as well and regarding, like, uh, gangs as well, uh, the life of drugs. Uh, um, also just life as a Samoan as well. Um, and he's on a mission pretty much now. He's got a guard recently. So he's more aligning himself with the culture. So um, I think he'll be perfect. He'll be great. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out yeah. there. I think Scribble would have been the man. Um, uh, yeah, 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 Jeez. pretty much. Yeah, no, man. We also get the Crusader, man. Hey, hey, I, I can yeah. tell you that. It's 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 doable. Yeah, no, awesome, man. No, that's cool. <laughs> We have a chat after this, isn't it? Hey, don't worry, we can <laughs> make that happen. Who's we at? <laughs> no, yeah, man, thanks, yeah. thank you so much. But we always give our guests the last words. Any last words of encouragement for our men out there, also? Um, again, uh, focus on that mirror, clean that mirror, talk to that mirror. When you start your day off, maybe talk to yourself and see how you're feeling. Uh, also, maybe praise yourself, tell yourself you're the man, because no one else is going to tell it to you. You need to tell yourself that. You need to tell yourself how great you are um, and just keep, um, just, yeah, keep focusing on you. Try and be still. Mm, no. No, so please, folks, please check out his, uh, his new album, Cut From A Different Cloth, uh, mm. but also just support local music, support local artists out there. Props to, to the movement once again. So please don't forget to like, subscribe and comment. Look forward to your wealth in our comments. And once again, Uso, Jamin, refine, unlock, and take, take charge. Mandate. 